Normally I would say, good morning, Rock Bible Church. Instead, tonight I'm going to say, no, I'm going to say Merry Christmas. Come on. (laughs) You people. He's here. Is anybody conflicted when they heard that song? He's here. The only thing I could think is I can't decide if I want to sing and participate or if I just want to be quiet and listen to Katie. (laughs) Right? Uh, Luckily, we have the same question to ask about God and our own theology, our own experience. We've been doing a uh, six-part series in the book of Matthew, chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. Eight verses and six sermons. And we've been talking about how do we resolve that story. It's a it's a tough story to think that, behold, the virgin conceived and bare a son. How do we resolve the science, the logic, our natural experience? We know where babies come from. We don't need to cover that tonight, do we? How do we, how do we resolve the immaculate conception? How do we resolve the relationship between Joseph and Mary who had to decide if they were going to stay together and work this out how do we resolve angels i mean do we really believe in angels how do you resolve prophecy that isaiah would write something hundreds and hundreds of years prior and then it actually comes true how would we resolve the very end of the passage where it says and joseph did as the angel of the lord had said to him Well, I want to try to resolve those for you. We have over the last five sermons we did this morning, the fifth one. Tonight, I want to hit you with the best one. How do we resolve Emmanuel? Let's pray and we'll jump in. Lord, thank you for uh, what we have done so far in worshiping. Thank you for what we have experienced and known after the last few weeks. Thank you for what we celebrate tonight and tomorrow. And I pray, Lord, that you would continue to remind us, grow us, deepen our pursuit of you, our understanding of you, maybe most importantly, our experience with you. And so as we look at your word tonight, uh, we want to give you honor and glory for the birth of your son and understand as much of it as we possibly can. So I pray that you would bless this time, uh, your word, and what comes from it. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Here we go. Resolving Emmanuel. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit, I'm not really sure that works scientifically. I'm pretty sure I have a sister who's an OBGYN. She could explain it to me, right, Mindy? How this is supposed to work. And yet, there's this miracle? Hmm. Her husband Joseph, being a just man, unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. 
You don't have any family members who are experts in angels <laughs> or had that experience. How do you explain that miracle? Said, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Have we ever seen anything conceived of the Holy Spirit prior or since? There's a miracle that we're going to have to kind of resolve. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And we have a whole Easter story of Christ and suffering and the cross and what the Bible claims that means, what it represents, and the resurrection from death to life. Understanding that that resolves sin? It's a miracle we have to deal with. And all this, verse 22 took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. You know why all this happened? Because Isaiah, well, some people call him Isaiah, he said this, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. How would he know that? That's a miracle we need to resolve. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did. This morning I made the congregation repeat that phrase. He did. He did it. He followed orders. Those are all commands, by the way, that the angel gave him. And he did as the angel of the Lord. What's that word? Commanded him. How often do humans follow the commands? That's almost a miracle that needs to be resolved itself. He took his wife, knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Well, may the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen? Amen? There's so much to this story. There are other passages you heard, you heard uh, Victor read so well. Uh, the Luke's account of what happened, shepherds and angels and the whole thing. Um, and I kind of want to ask, do you believe it? And I think more than just you want to believe it because that means we have an excuse to do Christmas and you can get a bunch of presents, <laughs> eat a bunch of sugar, travel and see family. I mean, what do you do with this whole God with us is, is going to show up? He's going to be called Emmanuel. I think there's three things that I want us to understand about this Emmanuel title. And why Joseph would have understood it. Mary would have believed it. In fact, she would break into song about it. And they would not only obey, but they would step into it. Have it be defining for them. And the first is this, is that they believe, and you have the opportunity to believe, that God is always miraculous. In fact, the book starts off saying that he could speak things into existence. Let there be, and boom, there's light. Let there be, and there's trees. Let there be, and there's bees. Can he do that? Can he make a man walk on water? Can he make, make the lame walk? Is he in the business of miracles? If you think that's normal, if you believe it, then there's a chance for us to understand uh, who this God with us is. 
In fact, Jesus is going to come on the scene and later he's going to prove this. One of my favorite stories when four guys drop a lame man through the roof. And Jesus says to them, he says, go, your sins are forgiven. If you drop a lame man through the roof, probably not to get his sins forgiven. What's it for? You want him to heal, you want him to walk, and yet that's not what Jesus offers first. He says, your sins are forgiven. And then they all start mocking, and Jesus, knowing in his heart that they were doubting, he says one of the great lines in Scripture, but that so you may know that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Let me give you proof. Get up and walk. And the guy picks up his mat. And he walks. One of the things that's missed in that story is he says that the Son of Man has the authority. What's he call himself? He calls himself Emmanuel in different terms, in different words. But he shows up on the scene and he starts doing miracles. Uh, why would this be important for you? Because you have the opportunity at miracle. You have opportunity at relationship with that God who's someone that always does miracles. Number two, uh, God only makes realistic promises. Well, okay, Scott, that's not fair. You can't do that. You can't say that he only does miracles and that he's always realistic. Those are diametrically opposed. And I would say only in your world. He does miracles and then he does things that you can really experience in fact that's the greatest thing about miracles is the opportunity to have a real one i mean as much as i like all of you and i would love for you to have miracles with god it wouldn't be the same as if i got to have a miracle i'm a little selfish newsflash I want to see real things happen, and I want him to give me things that I can experience that I actually need, that I actually want, that actually feed my soul, that help me with my heart, and at some point start to make sense. And that's what he does with Joseph. That's what he does with Mary. And why would he do that? It says because he came to save the people. How many is that? It's more than just Mary and Joseph. It's just more than just the people at the time. It's for all of us to have an opportunity to have an experience with God. I love that because there's only so many things that I can explain. And of the myriad of things that exist, the ones that I can explain are way over here. For the rest of them, I want to understand. I want a real experience with those things. Isaiah actually is where this passage comes from. We haven't really talked about it very much in our first five. I was saving it for tonight because I, I noticed something about this whole Emmanuel. Have you, have you, you heard Emmanuel before? Yes, yeah, God, we hear it every Christmas. We hear this story, Emmanuel, God with us. Do you know how many times the word Emmanuel the concept of Emmanuel shows up in Scripture? Say three. 
All right, all four of you said it. Good. It shows up four, three, three, three times. Isaiah chapter seven, Isaiah chapter eight, and then Matthew one. One reference, really, because Isaiah seven is right before Isaiah eight. It, that's kind of one reference, right? It says it two times, one in each passage. For what? One reference to this miracle virgin birth. And you're either going to catch it or you're not. And when Joseph gets that message from that angel in that dream that one night, he says, wow, that obscure reference that no one's been able to figure out. No one knows what it is. You're telling me that's me? That's my future wife? That's the kid on the way? Wow. And he has to decide if God still is doing miracles the one that parts the sea, creates things, protects a nation for generations, and then says, do I want to be a part of that? Does he want to be a part of me? And how realistic is that? You know, most of you uh, will fail to pray uh, for lack of faith. You just doubt whether it really works. You'll uh, uh, skip church because you'll wonder whether it's actually worth it. There's all these things that we do out of doubt because we're not sure how realistic it is. What if, what if realistic was your own construct? It's been messing with my head lately. Well, how could realism be your own construct? Well, your experience of God is based on how much you put into it. If you put in nothing, you get whoa, it's a construct. You put in some, you get some from God. What if God's trying to draw you out? You, you ever heard uh, people don't change until they hit rock bottom? Why is that? Doubt. They want to keep doing the same things that they're doing. God comes on the scene and says, you know what? Uh, we tried doing it without you for generations. And I'll show up once in a while and fix things. And we did it all through Genesis. We did it through the Kings. We did it through Judges. And I gave you a shot. In fact, in the last series we did uh, here at church, First, cha uh, First Samuel, it's a story of the Kings. In the very beginning of that, God says, oh, that you would have had me as your king. But instead, you don't want to do realistic with me. You want to do realistic with someone else. Okay, let me tell you what that's going to be. He's going to take you. He's going to make you slaves. He's going to take your daughters and he's going to marry them. He's going to marry off your daughters to other nations. He's going to make deals. He's going to take your money. He's going to send you to war and all this kind of stuff. Basically showing them, look, you're going to do realism no matter what. You get to choose who you do your realism with. Your relationship with the Lord, your faith, your experience with him might just be your own construct. moment we buy into that is the moment we start seeing results i think that's what mary and, and joseph understood i think more than anything they understood this last point that god himself is the gift in this story eight verses you got a virgin has a baby you got a a guy who knows he didn't sleep with her, but she's pregnant and he stays with her. 
That's a miracle. Angels, I mean, come on. Dreams, we all have dreams. Those are a little bit more easy to believe. But a prophet told us this was going to happen a thousand something years ago or more. But how do we believe that? We read through this story and we think, man, it's so chock full of miracles. There's no way we could believe it. And here's the thing. You miss the greatest miracle. We miss the most important thing. And that all of those miracles lining up were meant to crescendo so we'd catch the most important one. If there is a God, if He is capable of all things, if He orchestrates and has power and knows everything, and He is good, and He's been trying to get our attention, writings to us, sending us prophets, kind of smacking us in the back of the head once in a while when we're out of line. How much greater if He actually shows up on the scene? This morning we talked about the idea that when it gets really bad, Genesis chapter 3, we're not even three full chapters into the story. Uh, Adam and Eve sin, and the next thing we hear is the sound of the Lord God walking in the cool of the day in the garden. When Jacob's having trouble, he struggles. In fact, he's wrestling with his troubles. What's he do? He wrestles. It says, uh, maybe an angel, maybe not. It's very obscure because no one wants to say it or actually believe it. But what is the name? Israel wrestles with angel no god you're that little el israel how about emmanuel what the l is it's a short it's a nickname for elohim it's the hebrew word for god of power powerful god wrestles with God, the God of power, the real God, the realistic one, the one who himself can do things. That's the God that we want with us. If you if you believe in God, follow God, and you enjoy God, you know, you can do gifts, you can do ribbons, and you can do all that stuff. Uh, you can pray. You can have a real experience with him. You can ask for things and have him tell you no and be okay with it. Why? Because someone who knows more has told you no. Rather than you missed out or somebody's making rules for you. I, I got the virus, the church virus, at a young age that said God's got too many rules and commands. In fact, there's one passage where he has ten commandments. He's like a jailer a police officer and i bought that for the longest time so i started to figure out that's one way to look at it or you could look at it as he's a director coach a counselor maybe a wonderful counselor we start to look at him like that, then yeah, I do want him around. I do want somebody who can answer my questions. I gotta, I'm, I'm having more questions than answers lately. Anybody else? I'm, I'm getting a lot more questions. And there's certain things I just want to say, you know what, God, take care of that. 
How about you show up on the scene and I don't need a virgin birth. I don't need an angel dream. I don't need a prophecy about my life. But I do need, I need you. The greatest part of the story, the greatest thing to resolve is could God, did God, does God show up on the scene? In fact, I think one of the most powerful words in that whole passage, with. God with us. It's great to have a God, and it's great to stay alive to have us, but when you have them together, that's the excitement. And the joy of Jesus coming on the scene and everything that comes after that is tremendous. It changes all the rules. In fact, rather than change the rules, it shows us what the rules have always been, how life has always meant to work, what is real, what is fake, what are good pursuits, what are deadly. And it can bring us Little four things of the candles. We do. Anybody remember the first week? Starts with H, rhymes with dope, hope. Then, peace. Joy was second, by the way. Then peace. Then love. Those are all great things, aren't they? Why'd they get the small candles? I mean, if you were love, wouldn't you feel cheated? Wait, I didn't get the biggest candle? As if love were a person, right? What's the biggest candle reserved for? For God. It's the most important part of the story. And somebody much smarter than all of us figured out how to do Advent and say, when we do Advent, make sure the biggest candle is in the middle because it's the center, Christ-centered, and let it represent Him. And that's what we're here for. Amen? We're going uh, to close, and you're going to go home, and you're going to figure out how do you do God with you? Is that more prayer, or is it less prayer, but different kind of prayer? Is it more reading? Is it more going to church? Is it doing more worship? What, what is it? How do you pursue? Maybe it's more obedience. Maybe you could start now by getting along with your family tonight. Amen? But God wants to draw you in. Amen? That's why he's on the scene. And it says he's coming again. Let's look forward to that. We're going to close, and our tradition is to close. We're going to pray here and, and, and uh, take an offering. Uh, but we like to get these candles that you have and we're going to load them light them from the the uh, center christ candle and while we sing silent night we're going to turn off the lights and we're going to get the candles so we're going to bring the band up while we do this and then once the song uh prayer's over we'll start uh passing and then you're, you're going to get your candle lit by someone else and then you're going to turn around and help light someone else's all right and luckily as tradition plays, we have the still boys to help us. We might get a still girl. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Lord, thank you for this night. Thank you for you. You're what it represents, Lord. 
May you be the center. May you be the pinnacle. As it says in Colossians, may you come to have first place in all things. Help us to enjoy all the great gifts that you give us. And may we be always aware that you are the best of them all. We thank you for the offering that we received tonight. Pray that you'd use it. And we pray all of this in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Merry Christmas. At our church, our tradition in the morning is we usually say a blessing. And everybody says amen or something like that. And then as they're leaving, I say, go with him. In fact, it's such a tradition that the youth group makes jokes about it. <laughs> and videos and the whole thing. I love it. Because they're joking about the most important thing. Go with him. Amen? Amen. And go with him. <laughs> Merry Christmas. On your way out, there's cake pops. And there's your collector's item Christmas tree ornament in the back. Make sure you get one of each. And enjoy your night. Enjoy your day tomorrow. <laughs>